when you let them set a little bit and the Holy Ghost, the fire and the flame and the season get all up in there. We're just so happy for Dr. Scott, who's going to come first, then Elder Sharon, Dr. Tom, Pastor Lance, and then I will bring up the rear in Jesus' name. Come on, Dr. Scott. Hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome time. You know, it's okay to have fun in church. We don't have to be all... I'm glad. Just roll over. Just roll over. Sounds easy, doesn't it? You ever try to roll over in bed and you just sometimes struggle to... Just relax. Chaplain, Andrew, come here. Don't run away yet. Come sit up here. Come sit up here for a minute. <clears throat> John chapter 5, verse 2. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep's gate, a pool, <clears throat> which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, have five porches. In these, a great multitude of sick people, blind, Lame, paralyzed, all waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time. Circle those two words, certain time. And stirred the water. Whoever stepped in first wins. Yeah, because after the stirring of the water... was made well. So whoever stepped in first wins. The rest, oh well. Now in verse 5, there was a certain man, <clears throat> this Chaplain Andrew, had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew they had already been in that condition a long time, he said, do you want to be made well? Hang in there. The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man. Underline that. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Took up his bed, walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So here he was. Here he was every day. Maybe every day. Maybe not every day. Have you ever depended on someone who said, I'll be there, and they didn't show up? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So here, <clears throat> Chaplin was waiting on somebody every day to come and pick him up. To bring him down to the pool. Now, if he's late to the pool, he doesn't get the close spot. 
He's way back in the line. Now, if you look at that, say, say, some were blind, some were deaf. He's paralyzed. So if I'm blind or deaf, do I not have an advantage being this much closer? Because I can move. He's depending upon what? Man. He's depending on somebody to help him, to pick him up, and get him into the water first. Now, if he's late for the show, he gets a back row seat. Now, maybe they leave early, early in the morning, but somebody else thought about it ahead of time and left earlier and was able to get there first. He still may end up in the back because he's depending upon man. Sometimes we need to stop depending upon man. Now, the scripture tells us to call the elders of the church. And that's good. But sometimes we need to step up ourselves and begin to pray in belief. If I, if I call Pastor Lance and he doesn't get to his phone, I leave a message. He's busy, man. He gets back to me three or four hours later. What's happened in those three or four hours? I tried Dr. Tom. He sees it's me. He's not going to talk to me. He says, I don't have time for him and his silly jokes. So he doesn't answer his phone. I was going to call Bishop, but his phone's just full of 5,000 people around the world calling him because he's the father. So all of a sudden, I'm what? I'm alone. And sometimes when we're alone and we're laying here, we're waiting for man to help us, we become discouraged. And our faith begins to plummet. 38 years, he depended upon someone to get him to this point for the second thing to happen, for an angel to show up. And what did the scripture say? Two words I had you underline. A certain time. What time was the certain time? Now, if I know the angel's going to show up at 6 a.m., I'm going to be late because I'm not a morning person. If he's going to show up at midnight, I'm there. I'm on it. Bishop's sound asleep. I'm wide awake. 6 a.m., he's wide awake, and you win. <laughs> a certain time. So they're fighting to get the front spot. They're hoping to get the front spot. And let me ask you, a certain time, does that mean every day? I began to look at this. I began to study this. It doesn't say every day at a certain time. It says at a certain time, the angel appeared. So what if the angel doesn't show up today? Somebody has to... Pick him up and carry him home. Bring him back tomorrow. And the angel doesn't show up tomorrow at a certain time. He begins to come discouraged. He doesn't come back the third day. The angel shows up. 
he missed an opportunity. We can't always depend upon man. We don't know when the angels are coming. But here's the third and most important part. One day, and not by accident, it says one day Jesus was walking by. Now how big was the crowd? Interesting word, the multitude. Let's keep it conservative. 100 people. Do you think it's by chance that Jesus walks up to this man? No. 38 years. He's hoping he could be the first one in the water. He's hoping he could be the one when the angel stirs the water. You can't go before the angel stirs the water. It didn't work. And if you were second, it didn't work. But Jesus walked by and he said, do you want to be healed? That's an interesting question. Do you want to be healed? Now, occasionally I have smart aleck answers. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just to be truthful. I would have to think, yeah, why do you think I'm here? Sometimes we just have to be serious. <laughs> but I'm thinking, well... Of course I want to be healed. That's, why are you asking me that? Who is this man? Does he know Jesus? Did he ever hear of Jesus? I don't know. But it said Jesus appeared and says, do you want to be healed? Yes. Then I love these words. Rise up. Now how much hesitation was there? None. None. It says he rose up and he began to walk and he began to leap. He began to shout. He began to praise God. Why? Because he, thank you, he received his healing. He no longer has to lay there and wait on man. He doesn't have to wait on angels. It's time we get to the point and get to God and let God do what God needs to do in us. We can't just lay there. It's time that we rise up and we begin to walk and we begin to shout and we begin to praise God and we begin to enjoy his presence because he's already paid the price for us. Have you ever been discouraged? Sometimes we have to let it go. I joined the network in 2003. God had a unique plan that I didn't fully understand. But the longer I've been around here and the more I have watched our bishop, I have watched a man of faith. I have watched a man who does not get discouraged. I have been influenced and impressed and touched by his belief and his trust. He's changed my vision. He's taught me more than he'll ever know 
and how to trust God. I honor you tonight, Bishop. I honor you as my spiritual father. I thank you for putting up with me and for allowing me to be your son. So just remember, when it's time, roll over. Roll over, rise up, and walk. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm not a psalmstress <laughs> at all, but I can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. So my soul does magnify the Lord. Amen. My soul does magnify the Lord. So we honor our fathers that are in the house on today. Amen. We honor them. Amen. We honor our fathers that's watching us on live stream or that might happen to go across YouTube one day and see us. We honor you. We honor you for being the mighty men of valor that God has called you to be. We salute you on today and we pray that thus far that your day have been great. Amen. So we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Um, Elder Duff, can you look in my, uh, I got my glasses there somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, woman of God. <laughs> I can see, but I need help sometime. <laughs> so those that was with us this morning, we talked about uh, Jeremiah. We're going to go back there, but we're going to go to a actual, another passage of scripture that we'll be reading from. But we're going to do Jeremiah 1 and 10, and then we're going to skip over to Jeremiah 18, 1 through um, 7. Amen. So Jeremiah 1 through 10, this is the New Living uh, Translation, and it says, Today I point you to stand up. Amen. I think that's what uh, Dr. Tom was just telling us. We got to rise up. Today I point you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some of you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. So we're going to go tonight and we're going to look at God always establishes uh, his word, always establishes his word. So we're going to look at um, Jeremiah 18, uh, 1 through 7 on tonight. And it says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, 
O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom? To do what? To pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. So we're going to look again just at our thing that we talked about this morning. We talked about being formed on purpose. When we look at Jeremiah's life, we know that Jeremiah uh, was formed on purpose. Because when we look at uh, the beginning of Jeremiah 1, it tells us that he was formed. He was formed. He said before, uh, but the Lord said unto him, uh, before you, before he was formed, he was formed in his mother's womb. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So Jeremiah was formed on purpose. And so I love when we look at the book of Jeremiah, it continually tells us, and the word of the Lord said, and the word of the Lord came. And so when we see, we see here that the word of the Lord is always, it's always continuous. It's always continuous. So never put, never put a period in your life where God has not said it's done. Sometimes we put a period in our life. That means that that's the end. But God say no that's a comma. Or God can say no that's a semicolon. Or God can say no that's an exclamation point. And so a lot of times we put a period especially when we are frustrated or when we don't see the word of the Lord continuing to come. And it seems like I haven't heard from God. God, what are you saying? I am not hearing anything. And so we get discouraged and we, so, and we get frustrated. But here the prophet continues through the whole entire 52 chapters. I love it that the word, the word of the Lord was continuing to come. The word of the Lord was still speaking to, and I love it here, most of the time here, it's speaking to the nations. So guess what? God is still speaking to the nations. God is still speaking to the nations. And we are a part of the nations. So God is still speaking to us as a nation. So here we see in the book, uh, in chapter 18, we see the word of the Lord coming to Jeremiah. God is giving him divine direction. We need divine direction in this season of our life. We cannot be led by this flesh. No season. In no season. We need to allow the Holy Spirit 
to lead us. The Holy Spirit is the best leader. I talked for a moment on Wednesday night. We're teaching a series on the Holy Spirit being our divine leader. The Holy Spirit being our internal compass. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our internal global positioning system inside of us. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. When the Holy Spirit say rise up, guess what? We got to rise up. When the Holy Spirit say go, guess what? We have to go because the Holy Spirit will never overpower our will. He's the best leader. Come on now. He is the best, the best. I know bestest is not a correct English word, but... He is the bestest leader. And so here, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, we don't see or hear the Holy Spirit, but we know Holy Spirit was always present. Always present. From the beginning of Genesis, Holy Spirit was always present. So here we see the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord coming again saying, rise up. I want to show you something else. I got something else for you. So he tells him to rise up and go to the potter's house. Okay, and so when he gets to the potter's house, he tells him, okay, look at this vessel, this vessel of clay. It's marred in the hand of the potter. But we was talking about building, rebuilding, and planting. So here we see the potter with this clay, and he is re forming it rebuilding it so God is saying you you are the clay I'm the potter you're in my hand so let me rebuild you or reconstruct you the way that I want to reconstruct and rebuild your life and so when we know anything about pottery and, and, and doing pottery after it's formed, then we know it has to go through another process. Okay, and so we have to learn how to be processed, how to be processed in life, how to be processed through the fiery trials of life. I love it that when, uh, if you have China, Real China, C-H, not K-I-N-A. You know, you get some China, that's not real, okay? K-I-N, that's not real. But I want you to do this. If you have real China at home, you can take real China and you can hit it or thump it and it makes a melody. It'll sing to you. It will sing to you. So God is saying, you are China in my hand, but I have to do some sifting out of your life so that you, your life can become a melody unto the Lord. And so uh, last month, April, this what, June, April, it was in April, I heard three words from the Lord, shifting sifting and then suddenly and so here we see the potter is shifting when you are doing you're shifting some things but then you think about 
sifting. There's a sifting process that when we look at the nations, when we look at what God is doing in the earth realm today, there has to be a sifting. I'm from the south, okay? So my grandmother had this little tin little cup. And she would pour the flour in the cup. And we had to sift the flour to get out. She was like, it might be some bugs in there. It might be, you know, some uh, lumps or something in there. So she wanted us to sift it to make sure that anything that was in there, it wouldn't get into the, the, the batter part of the flour. So the wire piece kept everything that shouldn't be in there from coming into the flower. The Holy Spirit is the sifter in our life. So he's sifting us. He's sifting, he's sifting our heart. He's sifting our heart. He wants to get out. The anger, the rage, the bitterness, the unforgiveness. You, cannot, you can rebuild with all of that. But when you rebuild with all of that junk and that garbage, we talked about this one. We want to get, a, we want to get rid of the garbage. The, we want to get rid of the trash. We want to get rid of that. But ho allow Holy Spirit to sift you. Sift that bitterness out. Sift the hatred out. And he's doing it in the nations. That's why we see what we see going on. The father is saying, I want the nations to repent. I want the nations to turn back to God. I created all man, woman. I, the Lord thy God. So he said, you know what? I got to do some sifting. Because it's a lot of stuff that I've dealt with. It's a lot of stuff that I see in my people that say that they love me. That is not real agape love. And I got to sift this out of you. And then the Lord say he has to do it suddenly. He is doing things suddenly. So that we won't become a rebellious, stiff-necked generation. He's suddenly doing it. When we see things that's happening now, I mean, it suddenly happened. It's suddenly. Miracles, signs of wonders are still the heart of God. So we see him. He said, oh, house of Israel. Cannot I, cannot I do with you as this powder? Can I not do what I want to do? I am sovereign, said the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Even with those that gave their life to the Lord on tonight. He said, I'm going to make a melody. I'm going to make a melody out of your life because you have took the initial step. And he said, as you, as you walk with me, as you allow me, because 
when we when we we know we okay we are still going through a process okay so as you are be allowing the Lord to process you he said I am making you I am re I am remake so you have to allow the Lord to process you it won't come at all at once but it'll be over time that as you continue to grow and he begin to hit you you won't sound like uh, that thud sound. You'll begin, you'll, 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 the way you walk will become a melody unto the Lord. The way you look, God will look on you and he will, you will make God smile. You will make the Father, you will make, by the life that you live because you got to stay in the potter's hand. Don't get out the potter's hand. Do not get out the potter's hand. If he need to crush you, let him crush you to rebuild you. And guess what? He's planting, he's planting love deep down inside your heart. He's planting his spirit inside of you. And that's why he's mixing, he's mixing everything together. All, it said all things work together. All things are working together. So I encourage you to just allow the Lord to continue to do what? To root uproot, to tear down, to destroy and overthrow. But then there's others of us that he's saying in this season, I'm calling you to build. I am calling you to build. Build our relationship with the Father. Build our relationship with Holy Spirit. We have to build relationships. How do you get to know someone? You got to spend time with them. You must spend time with them. So guess what? We must spend time with the Father. We must spend time with the Son. And we must spend time with Holy Spirit. And then we learn all three tied up into one. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day again. We salute you. Now we have none other than our very own worship leader, Pastor Tom Ray. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, everyone both here in the room and online, we see you. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope uh, this has been a good one for you. Uh, Bishop, uh, Dad, I honor you tonight. And I thank you for your prayers and instructions and for your consistency year after year after year after year. <laughs> I love you. How did you know that? Recently, I was at the park with my son, Ricky, doing some fishing. When my wife called and said, hey, I'm here to pick you up. And so I told her where to meet us, and we made our way over to her. When we arrived to put the fishing equipment in the back of the vehicle, the park police pulled up alongside of her and said, ma'am, you have to get going because you're not allowed to park here in a fire lane. 
At that moment, he pointed at the sign that none of us had noticed that said, no stopping, no standing, no parking, fire lane. Well, thankfully, he was kind about it, and thankfully, we didn't get a ticket, and so off we went. So why did I share that mundane story with you of pulling into a parking lane? Because I wanted to highlight the sign that says, no stopping. No stopping. We weren't allowed to stop there because this place was designed for and designated for the fire truck. The title of my message is, you guessed it, don't stop. Poke your neighbor. No, wait a minute. Social distancing. Wave at your neighbor (laughs) and say, don't stop. Uh, There was a man in the Old Testament that had victory after victory. My God is better than your God. And they would say, our God is better than your God. Anything I can do, you can do better. Maybe it went kind of a little like this. Charlie, find some place where we can have ourselves a match. Me and old Potshot here. Oh, I love that. Ah, there ain't no loving a shooting woman. What a wife she'd make. Instead of tending her house, she'd be tending her gun. Instead of staying home sewing, she'd be out hitting targets. Yeah, and you'd be out missing them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the right spirit to start working together. We're not working together. Not now or ever. I'm not. Stop merger. I just did. And get us a range. That best sure had me, fool. For a minute, I thought you was getting to be a lady. It's going to be a pleasure to give you a lesson in marksmanship. You couldn't give me a lesson in long-distance spitting. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can shoot a partridge with a single cartridge. I can get a sparrow with a bow and arrow. I can live on bread and cheese. And all on that, yeah. so can a rat. Any note you can reach, I can go higher. I can sing anything higher than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. 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 Well, maybe it didn't go quite like that. But in 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning verse 20, so Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, and if Baal is God, follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophet Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood of the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God and... I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God, and all the people agreed. Verse 25 says, Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You go first. Spoiler alert. In case you haven't read the story, Elijah won the match. 
And he won the match with the fire from God that was so hot that it actually licked up the water that was around the sacrifice. Say, that's hot. That's hot. Well, after that win for the Lord, might I add, Elijah had all the 450 prophets of Baal executed. Then he ran like the wind some 30 miles from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. Man, this guy has some serious unction to function. But then in chapter 19, it says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Verse 3 says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. And he went into hiding. The great prophet Elijah stopped. Fear stopped this man of God. He stopped him dead in his tracks. But God, how many know, didn't want him to stop. Amen? In fact, in verse 9, the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Ma'am, what are you doing in this fire lane? Elijah replied in verse 10, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Verse 11, God said, go. Verse 13, and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah gave God the same old story. God, you know what these people are trying to do to me. Blah, 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 blah. And in verse 15, the Lord told him, go. Verse 19, so Elijah went. Look, some of you have stopped maybe because of fear, even fear in this pandemic. Amen? Maybe you've stopped because it appears that your life journey has gone too hard. But here's another story for you. A family loads up their car in a trailer and begins to move to Florida. On their way down I-75, their car breaks down in Kentucky. So they just end up staying in Kentucky and finding a new place to live. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But we do it all the time. We have dreams that we've stopped pursuing. Or God has called us to be a part of something bigger. And we've stopped off in Kentucky, just short of our destination in Florida. Look, we've all suffered setbacks, losses, and layoffs of some kind, but we've also seen promotions and advancements and bonuses. Can I get a witness? And if he did it before, he will do it again. Same God back then, same God right now. That's right. Amen. So you maybe feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place today, feeling like your get up and go has got up and went. But did you ever think that where you are is not where God wants you to be? Are you hiding out in someone else's cave? Or like Jonah, are you a stowaway in someone else's ship? Have you ever thought to yourself, my Kentucky might be someone else's Florida? Just like when my wife came to pick me up while I was fishing with my son, you've stopped in a place that wasn't prepared for you. Hmm. Come on, maybe some of you remember that song, if you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. 
Don't get stuck into Kentucky and follow through and reach the promised land that God has prepared for you. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Amen. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party won't. Said there ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party won't. There ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't. One more time, there ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't. Just as Elijah said, I'm here to, excuse me, just as God said to Elijah, I'm here to echo those words to you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, go. 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 When you're going, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Amen. What do you do when you see a green light? A moving target is always harder to hit, so. Amen. What's the opposite of stop? Don't stop. Go. Don't stop. Don't stop. Amen. 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 Come on, pray with me. Pray with me tonight. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we get weary and tired. But you, God, have called us to go. Holy Spirit, rise up in us so that we may rise up and go for you. In Jesus' name. And lastly, for any person that doesn't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I challenge you tonight to make him Lord of your life. I challenge you to go to him tonight. And let's pray that prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. I know I'm unclean and undone. But you, Father, said in your word that your blood would cleanse me of all my sins. And make me as white as snow. Father, I accept your salvation. The gift of salvation that you offer me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go. 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 I'm going. That was pretty good. I'm usually not lost. <laughs> Come on, say it again. Go. Go. It's go time. Come on, tell somebody it's go time. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. It's go time. Hallelujah. And tonight, we want to encourage you just a little bit more. And tonight, our subject is simply this. Demolish it. Demolish it. And just before we get into the message, we want to take this time and, of course, to honor and recognize uh, our spiritual father of this house on Father's Day. And uh, for us here at Evangel, every day is Father's Day. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. I appreciate that. I'm going to say it again. In this house, every day is Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And you don't know how blessed we are because I've been a lot of places and there's been places where there was uh, men who didn't have a clue and there were men who only copied other men. But I believe, and as we meet every Wednesday, 530 plug, uh, and talk about authentic manhood. 
And I'm so glad that the Lord has blessed us with a father, a man who is sent from God and who fathers men. And women also, amen, but who fathers men, who is a man's man. And I'm telling you, we men needed. Oh, I'm saying something already. Glory to God. We need it. We need it. We need it. Amen. And having said that, I want to take this moment to lift up and pray for all of our fathers. Glory to God. Come on, will you stretch a hand with me and let's pray. Father, we lift up every father today, not just because it is traditionally Father's Day, but Lord, we believe that there's a clarion call in the spirit for fathers to raise up, even fathers in the spirit and those, God, who ne not necessarily produce biologically, but you've called to be fathers. And of course, those who have fathered, sired sons and daughters, we lift them up before you father God we pray that you would minister to and that you would deal with uh, Lord and that you would prepare equip and send forth fathers uh, we speak healing into the life of every wounded and broken father tonight in the name of Jesus uh, tonight we pray for fathers Lord God uh, that would be sensitive to your spirit that would be sensitive to your calm uh, that would sense an awareness of your presence God drawing them near Hallelujah so that we can be groomed so that we can be taught so that we can be mentored by the ultimate father hallelujah even the father in heaven the father who called Abraham the father of many nations we call on you tonight as we lift up fathers hallelujah God bless every father hallelujah keep every father restore fathers tonight heal fathers Lord God Lord equip fathers and anoint fathers save fathers Fathers, uh, deliver fathers uh, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise for it now. Glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Whoo, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. One day, I'm going to learn how to keep this dial on low. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Now, listen, when your daddy tells you to go, <laughs> Hallelujah, it's time to get up and go. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Come on, say demolish it. Come on, look at somebody else and say like a wrecking ball. Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to sing the song. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. So we want to talk about wrecking ball. Amen. Uh, or rather demolish it like a wrecking ball. Demolish it. Demolish it. And the whole idea of pulling down strongholds is to completely demolish or to completely level. Hallelujah. This house of thoughts. Uh, amen. Until it is demolished until it is completely leveled in his book to the pulling down of strongholds one of my favorite authors Francis Frangipani wrote and said that strongholds are like a house of thoughts 
And to help give you a visual, this house of thoughts is like back in the day when we used to take a deck of cards and we would stack them one on top of others to build a house of cards. Which is to say that with this house of thoughts, it's a thought place on top of one, on top of another, on top of another to build a fortress. And with these thoughts that are stacked up, amen, thoughts that were uh, placed or thoughts that were built up that were originated from lies. Oh, God, help me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. One lie upon another. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not cute enough. You're not educated enough. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't have a good enough sense of humor. Everybody in our family never attended college, nor will you. You're going to be like your no good drunk uncle. You're going to be like your no good daddy. One thought upon another thought upon another thought. And unfortunately, when people have heard that from a child up or from an adolescent, up amen they believe the lies and when they believe those lies it forms a fortress that when the truth comes it's not recognized so it is rejected and instead of believing the truth they believe a lie because the lie is the familiar thing Glory be to God. Amen. So strongholds are first established in the mind. That is why we're to take every thought captive. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Glory to God. Uh, Joyce Myers wrote and said that the battleground, hallelujah, where either victory or defeat occurs is in the mind. And the apostle Paul said on the flip side that it is with the mind that I serve the law of Christ. And I love it how it's pronounced in this house more than any house I've ever been that when we pray is so important that we learn to pray to bind our minds to the mind of Christ. Are y'all getting where I'm going with this? Uh, hallelujah. Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed, be converted by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. So we're to take every thought captive, uh, every argument, uh, casting down arguments. Why? Because Satan, the enemy of our souls the enemy of the church argues against God he's the opposer of God's so he's going to try to tell you and flood your mind with every lie so that you won't hear the truth but thanks be to God God's raising up people in this house amen that will go forth like a wrecking ball and demolish every lie demolish every stronghold demolish every fable demolish every untruth, demolish every hurtful thing, demolish every word curse, come on let's for your voice and shout demolish it every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring it down, come on shout bring it down 
And as Francis, Francis Pony continued to talk in the book, he said that as we pour down the strongholds, this house of thoughts, uh, that demolishing it or rather pulling down the stronghold is like the wrecking ball. And you notice in demolition crews uh, that when the ball swung back and forth, it would hit the building. Every time it hit it, it would level it more and more until it was completely leveled to the ground because there's so many thoughts built up, because there's so many ungodly patterns of thinking built up because there's so many lies for so many years that's been told you glory to God that's why like in this house evangel Christian churches the truth is pumped in and pumped in and pumped in and pumped in why because we're demolishing like a wrecking ball those lies the house of thoughts uh, we're pulling it down we're demolishing every uh -huh, yeah, every argument uh, is being brought down come on and shout demolish it see because behind behind a stronghold is also a lie a place of personal bondage uh, where God's word has been subjugated uh, to every scriptural idea amen unscriptural idea or personally confused belief that is held to be truth uh, you're not ugly you're not stupid uh, come on here y'all amen you're not simple uh, you're not undeserving uh, you're not a no good you're not a nobody the devil he is a liar you're not meant to be abused you're not meant to be stepped on you're not meant to be thrown in the garbage i'm preaching better than y'all saying something hallelujah the devil is a liar hallelujah so we come against every confused belief that's held to be true behind every lie is a fear and behind every fear is an idol idols are established wherever there exists a failure to trust in the provisions of God hallelujah that are ours through Jesus Christ come on look at somebody and tell them God's got some good stuff for you some of the weapons that pull down these strongholds are y'all ready tonight are God's word the blood of the cross the name of Jesus strongholds are pulled down and confronted bondage confronted bondage confronted bondage confronted bondage is broken as these spiritual weapons of our warfare are employed so you can't just think about it you can't just talk about it but you've got to get right in the thick of the battle you've got to get in this word glory to God find out what it says about you look that devil in the face and say you a lie you a lie you a lie hallelujah I am the righteousness of God in Christ you're a liar you're a liar you're a liar I am blessed and highly favored you're a liar you're a liar you're a liar I am above and not beneath you're a liar you're a liar you're a liar I am God's own special hand-picked soul I'm a royal priesthood a holy nation glory to God I don't care what my mama said I don't care what happened in the family I don't care how much abuse there was I don't care what kind of dysfunction there was in Christ I'm free indeed yes Lord who the son has set free is free indeed I wish 10 people those that are watching 
Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Bless his holy and majestic name. Come on, put your hand together. If you are free, free indeed. For the word says that whom the spirit of the Lord sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, hallelujah, yeah, yeah. Amen, you may be seated. Praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's good, amen. Glory to God in the highest. I'm just going to, hallelujah, again, go to the second chapter of the book of Mark there and uh, declare the word of the Lord. And I want to do what Jesus did. And the Bible says, Jesus said, for the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, hallelujah, glory to God, to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me in the name of Jesus to set the captives free. The anointing is here. Because the anointing is upon you. Hallelujah. Don't you know that you're anointed? You ought to tell yourself and say, hey, you are anointed. You know why you're anointed? Because if the spirit of God and the anointing of God is on the head, Jesus, the Bible says in Psalm 133, oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And if you are one with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are his son and you are his daughter and that anointing is on the name of Jesus, is on the head of Jesus. And I am and you are in the body of Christ. And therefore, the anointing is on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I said that to say that if there's sickness in your body, hallelujah, if you're sick in your mind, if you're sick in your emotions, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? That not only did he forgive you of your sin, but he also paid the price for your freedom, for deliverance from sickness, disease, and infirmity. There are two laws. There is the law of sin and death, and there is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that law is greater than the spirit and the devil and the law of sin and death. You know how I know? Because Jesus said that though we die, we're going to live. Hallelujah. So those sicknesses in your body, it's got to go. In the name of Jesus. And so the word. And this second chapter says, it says, so many people gathered together in the second verse that there was no longer room for them. I want you to know that there's room for you when God is on the scene. He, he is never too busy for you. Verse 3 says, then they came bringing him a paralyzed man, this is amplified, who was being carried by four men. And I said four because I studied it, uh, means uh, door, open door. And so Jesus is the open door. 
I'm here to proclaim and declare the gospel. That whatever door has been closed, Jesus is your entry into your breakthrough. Then verse 4 says, when they were unable uh, to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above Jesus. And I said this morning that though there's not a physical roof that many of us, uh, you you would think that there could be nothing above Jesus because the Bible says that God has given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. But how amazing is that? Do you know that even though Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God, is king, the question is, have you made him king of your life? You see, whether I make him king or not does not disturb who he is. He is king of kings, and he is lord of lords. The question is, have you put your sickness, have you put your trouble, have you put your fears, have you put it over Jesus, and your problem has become a roof, a barrier? Between what God has ordained for you to get to you, I can have a roof of unbelief, a root, a roof of doubt, a roof of unforgiveness, a root of bitterness. I can have that roof, and it's right there. But you gotta get some people to help you tear the roof off the sucker. Man, so he's just up here talking about demolishing. You know what God is saying? He ain't playing. That you got to be so desperate until you don't want nothing in between you and God. You don't want nothing in between you and your car that God has placed in your life. You don't want nothing. Break that thing up. You ought to grab somebody and say, help me break this roof of doubt, unbelief, and fear off because I put it above Jesus. Then the Bible says, I mean, they were desperate. You got to be desperate. You, gotta, you, you remember that woman who had the issue of blood? She was so desperate. She wasn't even supposed to be with Jesus. Because, you know, a woman who had an issue of blood, even just on a menstrual cycle, she was just con- considered unclean in the Old Testament. You know, un- considered unclean. This woman had been bleeding for how many years? Twelve years. So her life has been oozing out of her. And some of us have been bleeding. The issue, the essence of life has been oozing out of you. The wounds that you incur when you were a child, you're still bleeding from it. Your life that's hidden in God has been oozing out of you, draining you of your strength. But after today, hallelujah, if you can just believe you receive, hallelujah, glory to God, you can be delivered. So desperate. Jesus, Bible says, my, she's like, they really want this manifestation of healing. They're going to tear up everything and let them down. You you, you know, they used to sing a song. Uh, Pastor Lance. Then the faith people said, Stop singing that song. Do not pass me by. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And there are times when you see other people receive the manifestation of their healing. There are times when you see other people seemingly getting breakthroughs. There are times when you're seeing other people being financially blessed. And you begin to say, Who 
Hey! They said, stop it, stop it. Hey! I don't want, I'm believing God too. I'm waiting for my harvest to manifest. And though I'm happy for you, though I celebrate with you, though I rejoice with you, I gotta be like the two blind men. I don't see mine manifesting yet. Hey! Jesus, thou son of David, have some mercy on me. Have mercy on me. You know, I was talking to the weather clock. Uh, I say sometimes we too cute. We praise God. Praise God. Come on, praise God. Praise God. Come on, put your hands together. You know, we went to, from uh, acting out and bringing a lot of attention to ourselves and praise and worship. I'm trying to tell you, there is no counterfeit unless there's a real. And we so busy focusing on the ones that's doing it wrong until we stop doing it right. We ought to praise God. David would have been kicked out of some of our churches. You're too happy, son. You're too happy. You're dancing too much. Go get that cloth over there. Hold it up. Brothers, in front of David. We like to preach the Bible, but we got to live the Bible. We got to praise God. We got to cry out to God because we desperate. Listen, it says, Jesus said to the man, he said he saw their faith. And then he said to him that, uh, told them his sins was forgiven. Bishop, one time I was, um, a few months, some months ago, I was in the prison. I was preaching to the women. And, and I called the ladies up and I said, you got pain in your body? And I had been confessing that everybody that comes up, they're going to receive the manifestation. Because I read the Bible and I wanted to study that part, that he healed them all. And so then, Bishop, the, the, got to this one girl and the girl said, I mean, the Lord said, reminded me of you, saying, ask the Lord, is there anybody that you need to forgive? And I said, oh, Lord. I done got the forgivenitis. Because <laughs> Bishop would say that, and I'd be like, well, Lord, why people got, why he got to say that? Why he got to say uh, whether or not they've forgiven somebody? Like, can't you just heal people? So I was like, oh, my God. I done caught it. The forgivenitis. Well, the Bishop was saying, uh, ask God to forgive you, and then the manifestation will come. And sure enough, Bishop, amen, they forgave and the manifestation came. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, ooh, I'm like my daddy, my father. I'm talking about this one right here, the bishop in the house. Glory to God, that anointing bishop. Ooh. This is why I love. Listen, you know you got to position yourself around the people that God has positioned you around because they have the grace and the anointing that he wants to crown you with. Amen. You got to be at the right house at the right time. You, you, you got to be around the right leaders, the right bishop, the right Dr. Schoen at the right time. And I know people say that, that, that you don't put everything in a man, but I'm trying to tell you it is God that positions men. It is God that anoints them. It is God. So you better go to God and tell God, stop using men. And Dr. Scott already said we can't be all dependent, you know what I'm saying, on men like that. But I'm talking about something different here. 
I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about leader. We don't make leaders God. But you pray and say, God, I'm not leaving here like Jacob. I'm not leaving Evangel. I'm not getting up out of the deliverance workshop. I'm not, amen, glory to God. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, Bishop made me mad. I don't care. I ain't moving until the Lord bless my soul. Bishop said something I didn't like. He didn't let this happen. You know, the bishop hardly ever say no. You know, you'd be like, say no, bishop. He don't hardly ever say no sometimes. Amen. Glory to God. But God put you around folk. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how anointed you is. If God sent you here, he, like God didn't know your anointing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, Bishop, mm, I'm going to get everything I'm supposed to get before I go out and preach to millions in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So guess what it says? How are you going to forgive folks' sin? And you know what they said? You know the people be sitting around. They're not trying to receive nothing from themselves. And they said in verse 7, why does this man talk that way? He's blaspheming. Talking about Jesus. Who can forgive sins? I like what the Amplified says in parenthesis. Uh, to forgive sin means to remove the guilt, nullify sin's penalty, and assign righteousness. I had a sister, she passed away from cancer. I read her diary and one of the things that hindered her believing God for her wholeness and her healness is because she wrote in there that she was being penalized for how she was disobedient when she was growing up. And when you have guilt for what you did, guilt for what you said, you can be sick and it can be something you did to help trigger that thing. It could be something you said. You could have done too much of this or not. But I'm telling you that God is not holding you hostage. You could have smoked like a chimney. And consequently, because we reap some things that we sow, you could have issues because you smoke. But don't you think the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God is bigger and greater? Some people can't receive because right there is a root, Dr. Cheryl, it is a root of unforgiveness towards others, but usually towards themselves. I remember at Dr. Cheryl one time, I went away somewhere years ago, got a prophetic word, and the woman of God said, God says, it's something that you did. And God says, I call you not guilty. Because I wasn't receiving that. I was so traumatized and hurt because I failed God and I failed people. I, I, I was just, I, I just said, God, I, forget it. And well, you know what I did, Dr. Cheryl? I put my sin that it was over. I made a roof out of it. So I couldn't get, God couldn't get to me what he wanted to get to me. And that woman, I tell you, she kept on coming back. God wants you to know your sins are forgiven. And I wanted to say, okay. But God wants you to know. But he kept on saying it over and over. And she'd say something else and then she'd come back. You know, I just want to say this again. I still got the CD right now. The recording, rather. It wasn't a CD because it was way back then. I just put it on CD. Amen. Um, you know, a lot of my prophetic words on CD. And so, you, somebody's in here. 
And the reason why you're not able to receive all that God has for you, because you have a roof and it's thick of unforgiveness and bitterness towards yourself. If you have that against somebody, you need to write there, forgive them, release it, because you don't want a roof of unforgiveness towards somebody else. They were wrong. Amen. And then some things you was just wrong. But whoever was wrong, Jesus has come to remove the guilt, nullify sin's penalty, and assign to you righteousness. And because you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, he, just like salvation, you didn't earn that. You don't earn your healing. You don't earn your release. It is gift. Because the definition of saved is, yes, also healing. means to heal. I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says, but I got to stop. Raise your hand right now. And I want you to ask the Lord right there in your seat. Lord, do I have a roof over my head, over you, over your will for me, over your way, over your blessings that's stopping me? From receiving all that you've ordained for me. Show it to me now and be quiet so he can show it to you now. Now I want you to go ahead then if he showed it to you. Unforgiveness towards you but unforgiveness towards anybody. Unforgiveness towards God. And I want you to take your hand. And begin to smash and tear that thing as uh, was just preached. The mind, stronghold, strong roof over your mind. If I'd have said the right thing to my husband, if I'd have, well, that's true. So prayerfully, we've asked God to forgive us and we've chosen to repent. Amen. But as far as God's concerned, it's over. It's over. He forgave you. He forgave you. He released you. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to receive. Put your hand in the receiving mode. Dr. Scott said, he didn't say this, but I'm saying, you don't necessarily need me to lay hands on you. He said, Jesus is right there in the pew. Receive that wholeness. Receive deliverance from that pain. I command pain to loose the people of God right now. I command heart trouble to go right now. I command cancer to go. You know cancer, a, a, a part of cancer is anger and bitterness. It's the root of it, and it manifests in cancer. Release it. Let them go. Let, let it go. The back problem, back trouble. In Jesus' name, God, we bless you. And we thank you. Now, come on, you got to receive what God wants to give you. Sometimes it's not the problem, it's not in God. God already sent the answer. Sometimes it's just a matter of receiving it. You're not a stepchild. God ain't mad at you. You don't have to earn your healing. You don't have to say enough Hail Marys or whatever. You don't have to do any of that. You, you, you read the word, you pray, you preach, you prophesy, you go out and lay hands on the sick because you love God and because you're in a different kingdom, but you don't do it to earn what God has already prepared for you. And we bless you for it. Say amen. amen. Say amen.
Put your hands together and say amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying not to prophesy to you, brother. Can you stand up right there? I'm trying not to. I'm glad we'll sit that right there. Yes, you. When you was in that water, God wants you to know that something happened. There's something miraculous that happened in your body. Something miraculous that happened in your mind. And God says, I'm regulating your mind, man. I am changing and turning those things around. And I'm uprooting strongholds, says God. And you're going to be able to constantly. Uh, concentrate you're going to be able to concentrate you're going to be able to think you're going to be able saying God to begin to understand his word so God says I'm charging you tonight to just begin to spend time in your presence I don't usually say this but God says you're char you're, he's charging you tonight to begin to come here on a regular basis and hear and sit up under the word of God because God says that there is a metamorphosis that is happening, uh, happened rather, but there is something he wants to change and, and, and metamorphose on the inside of you. And if you will say yes to God, you will see breakthrough and you will see things turn around in your life, says the Spirit of God. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to receive an offering for our bishop, our Dr. Jerry. And then we're going to pray for him. Dr. Cheryl, you know that um, letter that the bishop was talking about? Bishop, do you have that letter with you? Uh, from the doctor. Do you have that letter with you? I asked Dr. Cheryl because I think she know better than any usher would know where that letter is. Can you bring that letter? We're going to, as an act of our faith, we're going to put the Bible on top of that letter. Amen. And Dr. Cheryl going to stand on it on the word and proxy for the bishop. Bishop, you can just put your foot on it like that. And, and what now? But listen, I got to read this scripture because we're getting ready to receive an offering for our bishop. This scripture here is in 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter. And this is going to be the living Bible. This is what it says. Because I want you to get an offering ready. I want you to get a good offering ready. I want you to get the best offering you can give ready. It says in the 17th uh, verse here, it says pastors who do their work well should be paid well and should be highly appreciated. Especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Come on, officer, does the bishop work hard? Uh-huh. Glory to God. Does the bishop work at home? Yeah. Does the bishop work in the car? Yeah. I tell you, the bishop work is working everywhere. And so, amen, we're not paying him, but what I am saying to you is that we want to bless him with a birthday offering today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that, glory to God, not only should we bless them, but we should bless them well. For the scriptures say, never tie up the mouth of an ox when it is treading out the grain. Let him eat as he goes along. And uh, another place, those who work deserve their pay. Somebody here can bless the bishop with a birthday offering of $1,000. Somebody can bless the bishop with an offering of $100. Somebody can bless the bishop with an offering, birthday offering. Can I tell you on my birthday, I'm appreciative 
of whatever I get. But how many know we be looking for, I don't care if it's a big box, amen, glory to God. But we want to bless him. You know why? Because he's God's man. I don't think you understand this. That he's employed by God. And in the end, he will answer to God. But don't you know that God wants to be a blessing to his son, to his man? He works for God. This man, this woman, they labor. They, they labor in the Bible for the word, for you. They, they, they pray for you. I'm going to tell you right now, if the bishop was on his way to the bathroom, and he got to go real bad, and if you say, Bishop, I need prayer right now, he will tell his bladder, hold on. I got the prayer. Isn't it amazing how we receive, 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 receive. There's nothing wrong with it. Because the Bible says, as you freely receive, I want you to do something with it. Now give. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. This is your bishop. This is your man of God. This is your father in the gospel. Come on, say, in the gospel, he's my father. I think sometimes we don't understand that. So the Lord don't beat us over the head. But I want you to understand that this is a man of God who has poured out. And much of what's given to him, you know what they do? They just throw it back in. That's why you know what I'm going to tell y'all. You will never be without God, says Dr. Cheryl, Dr. Jerry. Because you have positioned yourself to be vessels. God says, I pour it in and you pour out. You will never be without. Because God says, I'm going to make sure that you will never be without. If I have to send people, God says, from across the waters, if I have to send them and send offerings through them, you will never go down, says God. So don't worry about the house. Don't worry about the bills. God says, I got them. I'm going to pay them. I said, so you had time to write that offering now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Bishop is choosing to stand with God for his health. And I, I dare you to stand with God. With him. With him. How many received prayer from the bishop and Dr. Cheryl? Have they ever prayed for you? Well, this is the day we're going to pray for him. In the name of Jesus, we're going to pray for him. Yes. You, I, I want people that's going to pray who believe God. Bishop, read your Bible. What? I need a bishop Bible. Well, we'll find a, another great man of God's Bible. Amen. Okay. Put that Bible right there. One time, Dr. Cheryl, I was traumatized. I was on academic probation at college. I was first generation. I had some emotional issues. I knew what I was doing. I, I, I studied. I never had to study when I was in school. I had a photographic memory. Got to college, I had no studying skills. 
I was on academic probation. They gave me a letter. I called one of the one ladies in the dorm room. I said, come down here, agree with me. She was trying to get focused on the letter. I was like, no, no. And I said, I want you to be a witness. I'm about to stand on the word of God in spite of this letter. And I took that letter, put it under the word of God, stood on the word of God, and they retracted what they said in the letter. Dr. Scott, can you lay hands on the bishop on one side? Uh, Pastor Dr. Lance. Uh, Man of God, are you working on your doctorate? Uh Uh-huh, work on it. So stand. You can stand behind them. And I want you to, but I want you to stand in faith. Believe in God. To turn the organs in his body, the captivity around in the name of Jesus. Yes. We need a miracle. Everybody cry out, miracle. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray like the bishop. We're praying, Dr. Shaw, we're praying travail and be getting five, ten people to pray with him. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the man that you called before the foundation of the world. And oh my God, he has been one who has run through troops. He has leaped over walls. And Father, there's been so many attacks on his health from a child. And Father, he's overcome. Elder Sharon, come on over here. Elder Sharon. And we in Jesus' name. Speak to eternity. And we command a foretaste of glory divine, the kingdom of heaven. To manifest in his heart, in his body, in his kidneys, in his organs. In the name of Jesus, we stand with you, Jesus, in the earth and command his heart, command the chambers, command the valves, command the veins, command the the blood vessels, the arteries. In the name of Jesus, you will obey. Obey! Bow down to the name of Jesus. We stand with him and we say this is our man of God. Jesus. 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 I said Jesus. Jesus. Name of the Lord name. Now God we stand on this letter. And the Bible is made up of letters. And so we stand on this word. And we command this letter and the words therein to submit to the word of God. Forever, O oh Lord, is your word settled in heaven. You magnify your word above all your name. Your word, your word. Jesus took his infirmities, bared his sicknesses. Jesus was wounded for his transgression, bruised for his iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and with his stripes he's healed. Jesus sent his word. 
to heal him and deliver him from his destruction. Bless the Lord on my show and forgetting all his benefits. Who heals all, forgive all his iniquity, heal all his diseases. Jesus took the infirmity and bare his sicknesses. Jesus was made a curse so that he will be blessed. So the blessing of Abraham. In Jesus' name. And we bless this woman of God. People don't know God. People don't know how she's travailed and prayed and walked the floor and cried for her man of God. So God, thank you that you pour into her your strength. That you will honor the prayers. Pray. But every pain in her body, I curse it at the root. In the name of Jesus. Even the weight, the weight in Jesus' name. Get off of her. Get off of her. Get off of her. Hallelujah. Be healed. Come on, men of God. Just speak a word. Be healed. Speak the word over him. Be whole. I know we be want to hurry up. You know why? Because we're not desperate enough. When you're desperate enough, you'll walk 20 miles. Amen. When you're desperate enough, amen, you can wait 10 more minutes. Oh, hallelujah. God, he's a son of promise. He's a son of promise. Now, I need some people that's going to agree to pray for Bishop every day and not just pray but command the blessing I need some men who's going to pray for the bishop every day if it's one minute a day that you're going to pray for him every day how many men will pray for the bishop every day I said even if it's one minute I know the sisters we're going to pray amen the sisters say they won't end on this bishop. How many sisters gonna pray for the bishop and stand and fight and agree with him? How many gonna be the four men that 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 took that man? Well, how many you gonna pray, 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 pray as the bishop says until something happens? Cause see, one time I was believing God for healing, and one of the things I said is that I will not be passive. We be like. Okay, I believe God for healing me, and then we don't do nothing else. No, I had to get in the Word. I had to get in the healing Word. I had to quote, meditate on, take the Word of God like medicine every day. Because I said, I ain't going to take the Paxil. I got to, but I can't just do nothing saying God going to heal me. I had to get the Word of God in. And that thing broke. That's 20 years ago. And she's been free, thank you, Jesus, ever since. But it was the word. Now, I don't know how. Maybe the Lord did it miraculous for the bishop right here, right now. How many know the gifts of healing, the gift of faith? Amen. Glory to work in the miracles. It's in the house right now. So, amen. We about to receive an offering. Dr. Show, can you stand on that thing? We stand on the word. We 
stand on the word of God on the report of the word of God in Jesus name in Jesus name for the bishop for Dr. Cheryl woo, even for Bree right now in Jesus name in Jesus name something Bree believe in God for uh-huh and so God you revealed it because you want not just so I can say you revealed it but because you want her to know that you're making this thing public you about to do what she asked you to do it's about to manifest in her body in her life in her marriage in Jesus name Woo, something she really won't I, I just feel that thing oh, yeah yeah right now right now in Jesus name alright I'm going to hold you Dr. That. amen you have an offering for the bishop we need an offering so Oh, Dr. Tom said he wanted to sing happy birthday because this is the birthday offering. So you can bring that up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bishop. Happy birthday to you. coming up then the bishop has some words he'd like to say to us dr cheryl amen then the bishop don't leave because amen the man of the house the father of the house got something to say amen amen hallelujah amen thank you for being with us tonight especially uh those on live stream we're so glad you heard the word of the lord from so many in this house and i just also want to encourage women uh tuesday night this coming tuesday night the 23rd from six to seven it's our turn the evangel women to pray with the covenant daughters under uh pastor pauline Plummer, uh, dr glenn Plummer's wife and uh many of you know uh he uh, owns and operates tv 26 and so his wife has a prayer group called Covenant Daughters. They are everywhere, all over the world. But they have invited us, the Evangel women, to take part and be the leaders of the 6 to 7 o'clock p.m. prayer. So we're doing it, of course, on Zoom. And if you would like to participate in that, I just need your email so that I can email you the link and the details they're asking all of the women to wear white so when you're on zoom if you're praying with us uh, you just have to wear white but if you'd like to jump in on that link i just need your email amen and you can call me with that at the office or text it to me and uh, just get it to me amen amen what a powerful service amen the words and everything once again, I want to say thank you. Good to see family. Amen. Good to be back. For those of you that are wondering, no, I did not have COVID-19. No, I did not. Amen. But uh, I was recommended to stay away from crowds because...
conditions that I have. And I'm believing God. They want to do the heart procedure on me. I've had one before. They want to do another one. And I'm just believing God for the last three, four months. It's going to happen. It's happened. Amen. We're going to pray it's going to happen. So, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to see family and see faces and friends again. Thank you for being generous and being kind, being supportive, being here when, when this little blonde girlfriend was preaching for me. Amen. And uh, we're together. We're a team. Congratulations, both of you today. They got water baptized. I wish you well and the best of God. And, and we're here for your spiritual development and spiritual growth. You've got questions. I got a complete staff that's here for you. Hopefully, we'll see you again uh, next week. We have something special, right, Doctor Tom? Give us a prelude of what next week. I've asked Tom, Doctor Tom, to bring a word. He has a special announcement next week and a special invitation, right? That's right. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to have a uh, all worship night. All right. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be uh, powerful and spectacular. Uh, so you don't want to miss a moment of it. Come on, so be here right at 7 o'clock. We'll begin, and we'll enjoy the Lord and celebrate the Lord in the presence of His holiness together. Amen. We have three worship leaders, right? I believe so, yes. Coming together, so it's going to be an exciting time. I'll be here Sunday morning and Sunday night, and I believe we may have seen more, more baptisms next week. Amen? So God bless you. Have a great night. Thank you for coming. Dr. Tom? What? There's some cookies and some things back there to fellowship with on this side over here. Let's see. I get a request. <laughs>